Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. Alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Glad you're with us and pleased to be joined by John McClain of the Houston Chronicle, TexasSportsNation.com. You can follow him on Twitter, at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. Time to talk some NFL headlines with the man in black. He's covered the league for more than four decades. John, hope you're doing well. September is here. Regular season is just around the corner, finally. Can't wait. It's the most exciting time of the season unless you have a playoff team. Then when they go back to your teams in the playoffs, that's like a second season. But I think everybody's pumped about the first game of any season just because you get the off-season programs over, camps over, preseason. Now, as they always say, the bullets are flying for real. John, I want to get your take on Deshaun Watson as we start, and we'll hit the other headlines. I know, I know you're you're uh, knee deep in all things Watson there with uh, with the Texans coverage. Uh, September first is here, and Deshaun Watson remains on their 53-man roster. Is that more because the Texans are simply not trading him until they get the value they require, or is it because a team is not trading for him because of the uncertainty moving forward with everything off the field? Not one thing has changed about Watson going back to March. No matter what you read or hear about somebody being on the verge of trading for it. And there was a flurry of those stories uh, in recent days. And I'm thinking, now, why did his value go up in the last two weeks? Why would a team want to trade for him right before regular season? And the possibility, he won't play this season. So the asking price, three ones and two twos, I started writing that in March. That's still what they want. They're not going to get that with the 22 civil lawsuits investigation by the police, FBI, and the NFL. Grand jury could indict him. So they put him on the roster. He'll be inactive for every game. They have starter Tyrod Taylor, backup Davis Mills. They signed Jeff Driscoll, who they cut to the practice squad. We're not interested in Cam Newton. So nothing's changed. If somebody gives them three ones and two twos, they'll pull the trigger. If they don't, they'll hang on to him because he'll be a whole lot more valuable in the draft before the draft because hopefully a lot of those legal problems, there'll be some clarity. Well, if the clarity is negative clarity, he could be worth absolutely nothing. Uh, that's apparently a risk they're willing to take. Absolutely. He, uh, Nick Casario, uh, the report is today said uh, we're taking it one day at a time with him. Are they just all going to say that every day uh, for, me, for the entire season? Of course. That's just, you know, that's just BS. What else are they going to say? Uh, I wouldn't even write that because I know I know what the plan is. They're going to keep him till they can trade him, and he'll be inactive for every game. A lot of people thought he'd get traded before camp, during camp. Roster goes down to 53. I'm sure there will be a flurry of national stories before the trade, trade deadline on November 2nd. 
And if indeed somebody makes them that offer, they'll do it. And ultimately, they may have to take less, depending on the legal situation. But remember, Trey Lance, they gave up three ones for him. You give up three ones for Trey Lance, who played one game in two years. What would you give up for Watson if the legal problems were behind him, considering how great he played last year, that he's under contract through 2025 and he's 26 years old? John, we'll, we'll get to the big headline from yesterday with Cam Newton being released and tied in there with Houston because I was reading, I can't remember, I think it may have been The Athletic that mentioned the three teams, maybe it was CBS Sports. I'm trying to give credit, but again, I reading this morning multiple articles. Uh, CBS, I believe, listed three teams to watch for Cam Newton landing spots, and now I've heard now two teams uh, that that are not interested of the three on the list. The first was Washington because of Ron Rivera, uh, they've said they're not interested in Cam Newton. Uh, and the other two were down in Texas, the Dallas Cowboys, because of the uncertainty going on with Dak Prescott, and the Houston Texans. But you're saying they're not interested in Cam Newton whatsoever. No interest whatsoever. People should check that stuff out. They've got three quarterbacks on their active roster. They've got one they just signed to the practice squad. You know, one of the problems with Newton, other than the fact he hadn't played well in a long time, when you're not vaccinated, and say you're the starting quarterback, and say a trainer tests positive and you are close to him, the NFL determines you got to quarantine for five days. That could cost you a game. That could throw your offense into turmoil. And the fact is, if you're vaccinated, you don't miss any time. So players who are unvaccinated, dumb enough to be unvaccinated, it, a lot of them have been cut because of that, even though only Urban Meyer would admit it. And when people asked Bill Belichick, he said, of course it had nothing to do with that. What did they expect him to say? Be like Urban Meyer and say, oh, yeah, that had something to do with it. The fact is, if you're an unvaccinated player, you better be really good or you may not get another chance. And if you're out on the street unvaccinated, you can't be that good or you'd still be with your team. We, we discussed this in the first hour. I want to get your take, John. Why can't coaches say that the vaccination status plays a role? Of course it would. There, there, is, a, there is a true competitive advantage, especially for key backup spots like backup quarterback where you need that player available and not on a contact trace. Think about like Denver last year when they had to use a right, receiver right. at quarterback. And, and think about Kirk Cousins won't get vaccinated and uh, what that did to them in preseason. And I think that it's going to wreak havoc on a lot of teams this year. And I love what Michael Irvin said, and others have echoed it, that if you don't get vaccinated, you're not doing everything you can to help your team win. And that's a fact. So uh, if you are not vaccinated, you're going to have a lot tougher time getting a job because just to get a tryout, you got to wait five days. you got to quarantine five days before you can have your tryout. Meanwhile, there might be 10 vaccinated players come in and try out for the same position. Why can't teams admit that? Because the union, NFL, and the union, union won't make the players. The union has strongly encouraged them. And if they did get in goods with the NFL and say it's mandatory, then there would be a rogue group of players who would go after the union. So it's strictly because of the relationship with NFLPA. Well, I think you could make the case that Mac Jones is not the week one starter if Cam Newton is vaccinated. 
Uh, whether or not you agree with it or not, if he's vaccinated, he doesn't have to sit out five days during that joint practice work with the New York Giants where I, I was estimating yesterday, he, Mac Jones probably got 500 to 600 throws in in those three practices um, uh, against the Giants and, and uh, that entire week where Cam Newton didn't receive anything, any of those practice reps, and, and Jones was able to show leadership qualities. That's a great point because those were valuable reps as it turned out to be, and Newton's miscommunication or whatever it was where he didn't know the protocols, even though every team in the league has people you can ask cost him a job and now I don't know I read his story on athletics said they were 72 percent certain he wouldn't play again with the shortage of quarterbacks in the NFL and the injuries I think he will play again yeah but you're only bring I, I agree with you you're only bringing him in though for a starting role uh, and you wouldn't carry him as a backup with the uncertainty of his availability I mean that well, I don't Johnson excuse me I don't think anybody thinks Cam Newton's a starter right now well, in this case, I'm saying in this case, he would be brought in after an injury. Yeah, or he comes in, he signs as a backup. Maybe he decides to get vaccinated. Who knows? He should. You know his agent. These agents have told the players to do it. And, man, they just there's 93% of the league is vaccinated. But, man, if you lose a couple of key players for a game and you lose by a point or a field goal, a lot of people are going to blame those players. It seems to me, despite everybody uh, saying that it, they respect players' decisions not to get vaccinated, if you think it's taking money out of your pocket with a loss, I don't know how that could not create controversy behind the scenes. So what do you now expect from New England? Uh, Belichick, a year removed from Brady's departure, a year removed from uh, COVID withdrawals. With a defense that's pretty promising, though Gilmore's out for six weeks, um, and with an offensive line people are high on and, and what should be a recharged running game, but with a rookie quarterback um, in, in Mac Jones. Are, are they a viable contender? Can, can they compete with Buffalo? Uh, I certainly don't think so. I think they'll be competing for third place in the AFC East. If you play a rookie quarterback for the entire season, odds are – you're not going to make the playoffs. I mean, sure, there's Andrew Luck and there was Ben Roethlisberger and Russell Wilson. But if you look at all the rookies who have played, and and they just they struggle. And so I don't think I didn't think the Patriots were going to the playoffs with Cam Newton, and I don't think they're going with Mac Jones. John and I ask this in all seriousness, as someone that covers the Houston Texans, do you feel bad for David Coley? in that spot that he's in right now with, with a team that clearly is almost trying to lose to get a high draft pick at this point? Well, Chad, I would have to respectfully disagree with you on that. If they were losing, they would have traded veterans, loaded up with uh, draft choices to come in with a young team. Of the 53 players they brought in, seven were rookies, 30 had at least five years of experience. So they do have some talent. I, I'm happy for Cully because he waited 27 years to even get an interview. And I hope they give him at least three years to see. And this team, if, if Tyrod Taylor gets hurt, you know, and all they got right now is Davis Mills, a rookie, and uh, Jeff Driscoll, who plays like a rookie, they're in big trouble. And that's when they could be competing for the first pick. They play, they play five games that should be against rookie quarterbacks. Last year, one. 
and they play only four quarterbacks who went to the playoffs last year, one being Ryan Tannehill, and they only play two quarterbacks that went to the playoffs after the first four games. So playing a third-place schedule compared to the first-place schedule, they've been playing is, is so much easier. <clears throat> Excuse me. They might – sorry about that. They might fool around and win four or five games, which would take them out of the t- contention for the top pick. John McLean with us. You can follow him on Twitter at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. John, just a couple more uh, regarding Watson, and, and let's start with the Texans in general. Why did they trade Shaq Lawson this past weekend? He hadn't done squats since he got here. He didn't get close to the quarterback in uh, preseason. They were going to cut him. They found a team, the Jets, that wanted him. That's his fourth team in three seasons. He was happy to get out of here, and they were happy to get a six-round pick for him. Hypothetically, you know, Chad mentioning that the, the organization is appearing as though they don't want to win. If they said, you know what, we do want to win, Deshaun, we're going to start you, what would Watson do? Well, first of all, they wouldn't do that. That's a moot point. And a team that doesn't want to win doesn't go out and bring in all veterans. They want to win. It may look on the roster when you see the players and see that Tyrod Taylor's the quarterback. They're not trying to win. But if you wanted to lose, you'd be playing rookies and young guys, and they have no rookie who's going to start except maybe wide receiver Nico Collins. I, I just I'm tying in that you said nothing's changed since March. Uh, he didn't want to play for the Texans in March. If they called his bluff and said we're playing you, would he retire? Uh, no. Well, I don't know because <clears throat> excuse me, I'm getting choked up here talking about it. <laughs> Very emotional. It's an emotional First time of all, and topic. They they would never do that, so I've never even considered because they don't want him to play. John McClain with us. Coming up, we're going to hit some other headlines across the league. Uh, we're going to get John a bottle of water. I believe he's at NRG Stadium right now. Uh, at least that's, that's what like. it appears as though with the press box there. We'll, we'll get uh, John a bottle of water. We'll have it sent over through media relations. I'm sure they'll, they'll treat him very kindly there. Uh, where, Always do. Yeah, absolutely. Where he's, uh, he's the king of all media in Houston. I think Jack Easterby's actually going to bring a bottle of water to him right now. <laughs> and, a moti- and a motivational thing to get yeah. rid of the cold. Yeah, that's right. A sermon. Uh, you can join sure. us on Twitter at Outkick360. You can follow John on Twitter at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. More NFL headlines straight ahead with the general John McLean. Outkick 360 live from the 6th and Peabody Studios with Old Smoky Moonshine and Yeehaw Beer. Alongside Chad Withrow, I'm Jonathan Hutton. PK will be back later in the show. Uh, he's gone to chat with Mike Vrabel and John Robinson, head coach and general manager for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, no practice for the Titans today, but they are reviewing their final roster, or at least the first version of their final roster, uh, the 53-man roster, which they cut down to yesterday. We'll get into more of that coming up in the Tennessee Power Hour. Right now, NFL headlines with John McClain. Follow him on Twitter, at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. He's with TexasSportsNation.com and the Houston Chronicle, where, John, you uh, you made your 2021 NFL predictions for the site. Where do you have the Titans and the AFC South? Let's start there, and then let's get to the postseason predictions. Guys, I think the Titans are going to be really good. I think you guys know their offense was great before they got Julio Jones. I think they made moves to improve the defense, and I think the defense is going to be better. I don't think Mike they let it be two years in a row like it was last year. 
I think they're going to run away with AFC South. I predict they're going to get home field advantage in the AFC. And Vrabel's going to rest all his starters in the last game in Houston. And the Texans will beat them. John, John, I want to. They're going to run to the AFC South, but the Texans will get them. Um, I, I want to ask you something we discussed a lot yesterday. Des Fitzpatrick, the rookie fourth round pick, Titans traded up, uh, traded two draft picks to trade up to get him. They cut him after his first training camp. He's now on the practice squad. How big of a miss is that if you're John Robinson and the Titans? Well, first of all, I've seen guys who didn't do squat their first year, and they were kept on the roster because the general manager didn't want to admit he made a mistake. But then they turn around after a couple of years, and they're productive. Best example I can ever give was one of the greatest receivers in franchise history, Haywood Jeffries. Haywood Jeffries didn't do squat for two years with the Oilers. Everybody said cut him, and all of a sudden, the third year, a light bulb went off, and he became a really good player for a long time. So he can't give up on anybody after their first training camp. And if they put him on the practice squad, maybe he improves, maybe he doesn't. But I tell you this, it's good that they didn't have him take up a roster space if they didn't think he deserved it. John, did you make your Super Bowl predictions already on the site? I did. And I try to be different every year. And uh, I had Cleveland beating the Titans in the AFC Championship game, going to the Super Bowl, and the Browns win their first title since 1964, Whoa. their first Super Bowl, and they beat the Packers. And, of course, if I'm wrong, nobody's going to care. But if I'm right, as I was with Philadelphia, then I'm pretty sure a lot of my friends in the Cleveland media are going to be wanting me to do their talk shows. Well, look, I mean, for those that don't know, John has predicted at least one participant in the Super Bowl, like four out of the last five seasons or four out of the last six. I mean, it's a, it's a remarkable streak. Really and he always goes do. with a surprise. And he mentioned Philly. Uh, this, this year it would be Cleveland. A lot of people are high on Cleveland. The media has been high on Cleveland now for two years. Um, I don't think many have them going to the Super Bowl. Why do you think this is the year the Browns go and actually win it? I don't think they're really going to go. I just wanted to. I just wanted to be different. The Browns in the Super Bowl? Are you kidding me? How dare you now. ask that follow-up, Hutton? About his yeah, they do have a lot of talent on that team. They, they do. have stockpiled talent at so many positions. So I can't wait to see how it plays out. You know, it's the Browns are very talented, John, and I, I'm not. I don't think it's that crazy of a prediction that they could go to a Super Bowl. My biggest question is, what exactly is Baker Mayfield at this point? I saw someone tweet me earlier today and said, Baker Mayfield is basically Gardner Minshew uh, as a quarterback. What do you think about Baker Mayfield at this point in his career? First, Chad, like you can't go by statistics because he plays on Lake Erie. The weather is terrible. doesn't matter if it's in weather warm or cold. The wind is awful. Can't go by statistics. You have to go by victories. And who did you – oh, you have the Packers going. See, I, I, see, if the Packers make the run to the Super Bowl to face whoever, it's going to be compared to Brady going to Tampa and making that run. It, it would be similar with Rodgers returning for one final year and making a run with Green Bay and winning their second Super Bowl together. 
Well, the Packers have been a championship game the last two years, so that's not too far-fetched. A team that I think is going to be really good is the Rams with Matthew Stafford. I believe I had the Packers beating the Rams go to the Super Bowl, Browns beating the Titans go to the Super Bowl, and the Browns win. And uh, oh, the Rams go into the NFC Championship game. Yeah, I like Stafford too. Stafford, though, among among the quarterbacks who did not play in the preseason, I found it interesting that Mahomes and Allen both participated and played, albeit limited, but played in the final preseason game to knock some rust off. We didn't see Ryan Tannehill. He was on the COVID list. I don't know if he would have played or not uh, here, but really, the, we didn't we didn't see Henry, Julio Jones, AJ Brown, the majority of the the stars. Of the, of the preseason, or the regular season, I should say, did not play in the preseason for the Tennessee Titans. Meanwhile, we, we saw that with Kansas City. We saw that with Buffalo. Baker Mayfield got some work with the Cleveland Browns. What do you make of the teams that chose to play their stars versus those who chose not to? I, let, let me give you my take first. A lot of people are trying to make a big deal about this. Last year, they set offensive records across the league, and no one played in the preseason. So are, are we honestly going to be talking about who played and who didn't by the time October gets here? I've seen some stories about, is this the end of preseason, the playing yeah. games? Just go to joint practices. Coaches would rather have joint practices anyway. And uh, I don't think that Tanny being out is going to affect that offense at all. It's going to be great. It's not like he's a rookie. If you're a rookie, it's different, of course. But if you're a veteran and you've got so many veteran players, even if your passing game is off, just give it to Derrick Henry. <laughs> yep. John, a lot of talk about the Bills and their future in western New York and Buffalo, new stadium, all of that. <clears throat> um, I'm curious your take on we know the importance of the Bills in western New York and in that region. What is the importance of the Bills being in Buffalo to the NFL? When the commissioner got his first job there and grew up 70 miles from there, that was his favorite team. He doesn't want them to leave. That's why it's important. Roger Goodell will never let the Bills leave Buffalo. How worried are you that Dak Prescott is not ready to begin the season as the quarterback of the Cowboys? First of all, John, doesn't worry about anything involving the Cowboys. No, I'm not worried. If I was a Cowboy fan, I'd be worried about it because he hasn't played. And if you watched Hard Knocks, that first episode when they were worried about his arm, that could have been scary. But they know what they're doing. I expect he'll be ready to go, and and he'll play well. They got so much talent on that offense. But, man, if he gets hurt again, they're going straight down the toilet. John, you know I didn't watch Hard Knocks. No one watched Hard Knocks. You know, what they're talking about is just the end of Hard Knocks because so many teams, because they have websites, they're doing their own version of Hard Knocks, and a lot of times they get better access. So I've watched every episode of Hard Knocks since the beginning. I hope they don't get rid of it. And because I'm always fascinated to see teams behind the scenes. John, I have to admit, I've watched at least parts of every episode so far, and I was blown away by that drone shot of the star. That opened episode three. That was magnificent. And I, and I read about it. I know it's a company out of Minneapolis that does that. But that was really cool. What, what did you make of that? I thought the same as you, Chad. I thought that was worth watching the whole thing just to see that. I've been there twice. Once when the uh, Texans played there uh, during Hurricane Harvey. 
<laughs> Excuse me, there I go coughing again. In a second, I've done some friends on a VIP tour, and it is a magnificent structure. It costs more than the stadium. John, Tua Tagovailoa in the headlines as the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. And we, we touched on Watson and the trade rumors. He was involved in that this week. Why, why are we hesitant, we as a media or as a NFL football fan base, hesitant to think that the Dolphins are all in with Tua when they could have drafted a quarterback in this past year's draft and chose not to? They chose to stick with Tua Tagovailoa. They're all in on Tua. I think they've made that clear to everybody. I mean, my goodness, they drafted him so high last year, and he struggled like most rookie quarterbacks struggle. He wasn't as good as Justin Herbert. They could have had him, but you don't know how their careers are going to go. They've got to be in on him at least for one more season. And that's one of the many examples of teams after this season, before the draft, that might determine they don't like their quarterback and more of them would be interested in Deshaun Watson like Miami, Carolina, uh, Washington, uh, uh, the Giants, the Lions, Denver's always interested. There's going to be a lot of teams, Philadelphia, up at the top of the list, that after this season might be looking at another quarterback. And if you had Watson and his legal issues are resolved, you do whatever you could get to get a quarterback that might be available to play for another 10 or 12 years. But uh, I hope Tua does well. He seems to be a class act in every in every manner and uh they've got a lot of talent there if i was a quarterback i would want to be there they put that talent around him now he's got to produce and i think he will yeah and i agree with you on and hoping he succeeds as as an nfl quarterback in miami um turning point season for him it seems brian flores with that defense they should be in the mix do you have you have them as one of your wild card teams in the afc miami uh, I do have them as a wild card team. They were 10 and 6 last year. Everybody likes everything about them. They've added more talent. He's got Will Fuller as his deep threat, even though he won't be available for the first game to complete his suspension from last year of six games. I think they got a big time offense and a good running game. And I think Tua is going to be a, a, not a big time player now, but he is going to solidify that position this season. It is Tua and Miami against Mac Jones and New England, the two Alabama quarterbacks, head-to-head week one in Foxborough. Um, we, we touched on Cam Newton be released. What are your thoughts on Mac Jones starting week one for the New England Patriots? And look, we all know here come the comparisons to number 12 Tom Brady. It's not fair to him, but that's exactly what's headed his way. Well, Brady got to sit his first year. That helped him immensely. And uh, – I remember before the draft, June Jones and Charlie Weiss, two longtime quarterback coaches, went on and on about Mac Jones. And I'm stunned he was able to do this this fast, considering how little he started at Alabama before last season. I agree. Uh, a, a team I would compare to the Dolphins are the Arizona Cardinals. With Kyler Murray at quarterback, turning point year for him, uh, Cliff Kingsbury in year three with the young quarterback. It's time to see a big step forward with that team. They're in a tough division, but practically every team in the league would say the same thing. Where do you have the Cardinals this year stacking up in the NFC? And ultimately, what does it mean for Kingsbury and Kyler Murray paired together moving forward? Murray's playing for a new contract. He wants that big extension. If he plays well, he'll get it. I assume he's going to play well. Their defense is an issue, even with J.J. Watt 
and Chandler Jones at end. I think they their running game is okay, but I didn't pick them to make the playoffs. That division's too tough. I can't see them being better than the Rams or the Seahawks. And if uh, the 49ers only matter time before Trey Lance is their quarterback full time. John, let's get into some of your division picks. We've, we've talked AFC South already. You like the Titans uh, getting it done in the AFC South. Let's go to what was the worst division in the NFL a year ago, the NFC East. What happens <laughs> in that division of misery this season? Cowboys will win if Dak Prescott stays healthy, and I think he will. Press, oh, he does think Prescott will stay healthy. That means Ezekiel Elliott is back to Ezekiel Elliott things in that run game there. Um, and, and that the receivers should flourish with Prescott as their quarterback. They not just win it, John. If Prescott's healthy, they should win it easily. Seven and nine won it last year. If Prescott had been healthy, they would have won it last year. Bucks running it back in the South? Yeah, New Orleans, too many questions at quarterback with Jameis Winston, Tampa. I've never seen a Super Bowl team that had all 22 starters back. I think the Bucks are going to run away with that division. And were you, were you hesitant at all to pick the Chiefs in, in the AFC West, given the fact that they're replacing three of their starting offensive linemen in front of the run game and, more importantly, in front of Patrick Mahomes? I was not because of Mahomes and Andy Reid, plus the offensive line ought to be better. Think about that line that played in the Super Bowl. It was awful. They spent a lot of money and made a lot of moves to get better, and they're going to be one of the most prolific offenses, and I think they'll be right there with the Titans and the Browns. I'll be among the best teams in the AFC. Who are your wild card teams in the AFC? Oh, other, gosh, other than, other than my, you, Well, you mentioned Miami. Is the other I wild mean, card coming from that division in the West? Let's see. Miami in the, in the AFC West, no. I don't think any teams are any good. I'm not uh, after Kansas City. I think that'll be winning in a landslide. And in the East, let's say I got Miami, I got uh, Indy, and in the North, Indy. Baltimore. Indy's the team, yeah, because Wentz, Wentz is – it seems as though he's on a faster course than what we thought with the foot injury. Now, he's out – he's contact traced with COVID, but it, it, he was due to be back at practice in some capacity this week, was he not? He was, and there was a great column in the Indy Star by Greg Doyle who just ripped him up one side down the other, said they should ship him back to Philadelphia. And I'm thinking a guy that even played one game, he probably feels like he's still in Philadelphia. <laughs> John, I've got a college football question for you. Alabama and Miami playing this weekend. You look at Alabama of 2020 versus Miami 2001 as two of the greatest teams of all time. NFL this season, rookie players from Alabama starting in week one. Mac Jones, Najee Harris with the Steelers, Patrick Sertan with the Broncos, Alex Leatherwood with the Raiders, Jalen Waddell with the Dolphins, Devontae Smith with the Eagles, all starting in week one for their teams. Do you think this Alabama 2020 team in the future would stack up with Miami 2001 and all those great players? Chad, I saw a thing yesterday from Alabama from the 2018 team, and I've never seen a team that had the kind of talent they had that's, of course, in the NFL and all the number one picks. So Alabama, to me, and Nick Saban, Nick's greatest coach in history, and I think he's got the greatest college talent in history. So I would not pick somebody, even those great golf, my University of Miami teams, over the Crimson Tide. 
Just want to make sure we got you on record there, John. I heard that right. Nick Saban, a better coach than Jimbo Fisher, even though Jimbo Fisher is now making Nick Saban money, over $9 million a year with his new contract extension. Chad, it's really close <laughs> that uh, Jimbo gets that kind of money. He's not really won his division. But I think, you know, people say Bear Bryant. Nick Saban is the greatest college coach, the greatest recruiter with the greatest talent on a consistent basis in any program in history. And the best I'd seen before was USC back in the late 70s and early 80s. And then the Miami teams you're talking about that I don't think anybody is better than the Tide. Roll Tide. John, I am convinced that these coaches – have the ability to convince their athletic directors and their schools that you will lose out on recruits unless you pay me top dollar. That they're actually losing out on recruits because someone is saying that other schools pay more for a head coach. So you have to be at least tied or close to it as the highest paid coach in order to land recruits. I'm convinced there's some of that going on. I could be, but I think this, if you want that kind of money, you got to get some big time alums who put a lot of money into the school to get on the athletic director, president, chancellor, whoever, and we need to take care of our coach. And you say, already make six or seven million a year. Well, in today's era, that ain't enough. And now Jimbo better win. If he doesn't, he's going to walk away with a gold mine. John McClain joins us on Outkick 360. Always a great chat, hitting the biggest NFL headlines. And again, we, we, we encourage you to follow him on Twitter at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. John, thank you as always, and uh, let's catch up next week. By the way, Nick Casario, when he started his news conference today, he talked about Floyd Reese and his mm -hmm. impact on Houston, and they worked together for four years with New England. Talked about what good friends they were. I thought it was very, very classy on Nick Casario's part, and I still wish uh, the best for Sally and his sons and condolences all to all of Floyd's family and friends. Thank you guys very yeah, much. That's very Thank you, cool. John. Thank glad, you, John. Glad you mentioned that at Thanks the end there. John McClain, who joins us weekly here across the Outkick Network. Let's get into the contract extension for Jimbo when we come back. And let's also mention it for a, a, a college coach that's going to get paid sooner rather than later in Matt Campbell at Iowa State. We, you, know, you know how I love money, Hutton, so I, I'm I happy to discuss. We'll make it rain. Outkick 360 parlay as well with FanDuel straight ahead. Outkick 360 rolls on. Time to make it rain. The 360 daily parlay with FanDuel.com. Look, we're going back to the well with the New York Yankees. FanDuel.com slash OK360. Join us for the parlay. Uh, low odds. You know, we're, we're not really gambling. We're gambling. We're not really gambling here. We're taking favorites tonight, Chad. Three-leg parlay. New York dropped the first two games of this series uh, against the Angels. They haven't gotten very good pitching. Garrett Cole is on the hill today. It is time for him to be the hammer for the New York Yankees. Score enough runs to salvage a game in this series and take the win. I'm taking the money line on the New York Yankees tonight against the Angels. Normally, when you go back to the well with a team, Hutton, it's because you won the night before. This is a rare case where we lost yeah. with the Yankees, and you said, you know what? We're not losing twice with the Yankees. Going back to it. Red Sox, they have COVID issues, and Tampa Bay has owned them throughout the year, even without the COVID issues. Grab Tampa tonight plus a run and a half. I think Tampa Bay wins this game outright, but I'm taking the runs, the run line to cover us, plus the run and a half, Tampa Bay Rays, and the White Sox are good. Pittsburgh sucks. That's my 
only reason for betting the White Sox tonight. I've never even heard of the pitcher that's listed on this. Uh, oh, that's always a problem. Kranich. I mean, yeah. Typically when that happens, the guy comes in. He's he a comes September up from, call. Uh, Kranich. Uh, triple Sox A. Sox by at least two runs tonight. I'm giving the run and a half. Go White Sox. White Sox are my World Series pick. I'm all over this, uh, this parlay tonight. Hyde. Is Reed laughing at my... No, he's I think not. he's coughing like uh, John McClain was. John McClain managed to hold in a cough, but not really for an entire 45-minute segment. It was so, quite impressive. Uh, and that's, yeah. a, that's a true pro. We need when you can on. be on the verge of a cough the entire time and keep going. Lance, are you mic'd up today by chance? Yes. Okay. So Lance has been getting random emails. Somehow, we're not going to give his email address out. But Lance Lee has been getting it's already emails. already been given out by someone. Someone has his email address, and like it's on like some you know job status website or something. Because he's been getting emails, and and uh, I, I forget what happened earlier this week. And you asked if this is real. I'm pulling I, up that email. We said, I, I have yeah, no idea. Somebody, somebody hit me up at about 2 a.m. and <laughs> wanted to know about what we had you talked up? about in the show earlier that day. <laughs> I think. Hey, Lance, you up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is uh, so. <laughs> this is the the message. Um, this is from. Uh, I'm just going to say the first name, Clinton, since we name names. Clinton emailed at 2:10 a.m. to Lance Lee, of all people. <laughs> Sorry to message and waste your time, but I had to ask, who the hell at IMG Academy approved this game to begin with? <laughs> How much was the coach paid to make the, this game happen? As if Lance is the National High School Football Authority <laughs> and would know that answer, which is great. And his email address is not listed anywhere in well, proximity Lance, to our show. It doesn't Lance, even have OutKick in it. He forwarded, <laughs> it's amazing, forwarded that email to us and says, do you guys know who this Clinton guy is? Him finding my email address and then sending this at 2 a.m. raises a couple of red flags. <laughs> To which I just said, welcome to our world, Yeah, Lance. I'm not you're, sure you're who now, he is. You're now officially one of us. So, Congratulations. So today, during the commercial, I check email, and Lance has sent me and Chad and Reed uh, an email that says, is this real? <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's an email from a guy named Herm, and uh, he works for Hefe.com. And it, it says, hi, Lance. I hope you're having a great Wednesday. Herm here, just reaching out from Hefe.com to see if we could somehow sponsor you with our insoles. Willing to back you with what you need. Love your videos. Just thought, why not reach out? Thanks so much, Herm. <laughs> and so I go to the website, and, and Lance is correct. I mean, it's a legitimate website. They're selling insoles. I can't think of a, a, a better example of how to describe I think you should leave the TV show than... <laughs> The Give website. Yes. Like, this is like a website fronting to be an insole website. That, that is completely the opposite. Like, that's what I thought initially. Going to the site and actually seeing the product, Hefe.com, you should absolutely uh, endorse, you should have Lance Lee endorse your product. Uh, the man is on his feet quite a bit while he produces and engineers this show. He's headed to Knoxville with us. He's going to be walking quite a bit with well, heavy Let's get him the insoles before tomorrow because yes. he's going to need them. We, Let's overnight these insoles. Hefe.com uh, presents Lance Lee every day on the show for Outkick 360. Lay it on me, Herm. What are the... What are way, your, Herm, let's go ahead and negotiate this. Herm what do you need? working with Hefe.com is almost too perfect also. What do you need uh, from, from Hefe.com other than insoles? Well, clearly, are you, are, do you have insoles. feet problems to begin with? You take cash, right? <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. check, personal check? Yeah, cash would be good. I'd take cash. A large box. So, um, 
What is it where the kids call it now when you defend something against all odds? Is stands you stand your stand for something, right? Yeah, isn't that the thing? How, that was an Aaron Tippin song, I thought. <laughs> is it? Got to stand for something, or you fall for anything. We are a uh, we are a. <laughs> I think you should leave. Stand on this show. Yeah, we will defend that show at all costs. With Tim Robinson on Netflix. It's terrific. Watch it. Not now, but at some point, it's great. Uh, 15% off at Hefe.com with the code Lance. <laughs> this is really a great way for, for companies that no one knows about to advertise on this show. Is just email Lance, and we'll continue to have yeah. a Lance Lee email I just segment. love how Lance is like, And is then this we'll real? just bring up your company. Is this, is this legit? Yes, it's all legit. Read your thoughts. I, I did look into Clinton for you yesterday. Uh, Clinton is a real guy. He's a listener from Tullahoma. And I think this guy from Hefe has, there's some other videos of Lance online somewhere <laughs> that he's found. He's not, he's not watching Outkick 360. You don't think so? Oh, no. Herm. Oh, you can tell. Herm's not. He's <laughs> uh, what, are you saying? what are you saying exactly, Reed? I, I really want to What know. other shoots are you on, Lance? Herm knows. <laughs> Lance just said, ask Herm. We'll email Herm and ask. Oh, yeah. congratulations, Lance Lee, on the endorsement from Hefe.com. We have stumbled into a great segment of Lance Lee email. Lance Lee show emails. We just read on air and discuss. Any funny and enough, endorsements. Yeah. Funny, funny enough, uh, there is a uh, local media member who calls Paul Koharski El Hefe. And that's what I thought this was referring to when I first got the email. It uh, turns out it's a legitimate product, or at least so we think. Remember the guy who would call PK and leave long voicemails? Oh, yeah. Just out of nowhere, they got the number, and there was a big controversy over what media <laughs> member gave the guy that number, and he was claiming that he knew someone close to us that gave the cell phone number of Paul to him. We need that guy uh, to email Lance Lee now. Really, to come full circle, we Maybe need him to email Lance Lee a Titans rant that we can read on air. I just... I. I'm, I'm fascinated with how they found his email about Outkick 360, about the topic we had about Bishop Sycamore at 2.10 in the morning. And he's really angry about IMG Academy and all this yeah. at 2.10 a.m. That's what yeah. he can't – he can't quite get that out of his head. Jimbo Fisher gets a raise. He is now up – it's a 10-year contract now at Texas A&M where he will be paid $94 million over those, those 10 years. Um, he's not one – his division, uh, it's a put-up-or-shut-up year at Texas A&M in terms of them trying to chase Alabama, catch Alabama. They have a good team. Um, but it's interesting that he gets, the, he gets the raise ahead of the 2021 season when everyone was expecting that he would get the bump in pay after proving himself in the 2021 season. The only way you can justify this extension and this raise is if they make the playoff. I don't think there's any other way that Jimbo Fisher just – and I'm not saying win the division. They could lose the division this to Alabama. This is John Gruden money. And make the playoff. I think if Texas A&M makes the playoff, we – I mean, he's done a good job at A&M. They were yeah, really good yeah. a year ago. But we I'm know not saying he's end. a bad coach. He's done a nice job. But he was so highly paid to leave Florida State to yep. go to A&M to begin with. Again, if you're talking about just payment for result – the only way that Jimbo Fisher is worth that extension is making the playoff. I'm not saying win, the, win it all this year, but if they make the playoff, we come back and say, okay, that makes a lot of sense. But I am convinced that these coaches have convinced through their agents that there's some sort of recruiting thing at play that if you don't give them an extension and more money, they're going to lose out in recruits. 
And then the AD gets freaked out about that. Well, we can't start losing recruits to, to Texas, and we can't start losing recruits to other people, so we will pay you whatever you want. I think it's wrong. Let, let's compare this to Matt Campbell, who remains at Iowa State. Chad, I don't know what job he's waiting on, and you brought this up, I believe, briefly yesterday uh, with Bobby Carpenter. But I was reading a column. I believe Dennis Dodd wrote the column at CBS Sports. And I, I, I was interested from this respect. The Big 12 in general, if, if you buy into the fact that with Texas and Oklahoma leaving, they're out nearly 50 to 75% of total revenue, where television contracts will dip and the team payouts through the conference will be lower and lower. Is this going to prevent Big 12 schools from keeping their best coaches in conference, not even having the ability to match certain stipulations and other contracts monetarily because they can't afford it any longer? And what would that mean for a Matt Campbell moving forward compared to, you know, uh, uh, compared to Iowa State, who would try to pony up and keep him as long as possible. I mean, it may add a couple of jobs to the list of jobs he'd leave Iowa State to take, but it really does seem like Matt Campbell is simply a Notre Dame, Michigan, Ohio State, or right NFL job guy. That's it. I don't think he's leaving for anyone else. And again, maybe, you know, I was reading speculation about if Nebraska made a move with Scott Frost, would they be able to attract Matt Campbell because of the Big 12's difficulties? I don't think so. I don't think Matt Campbell is turning down the Detroit Lions. I don't think he's turning down Texas and Tennessee and these other jobs to go take Nebraska a year later because the Big 12's in a little bit of trouble. I don't see that being the case. But maybe it does open up, you know, a couple more jobs that he'd be interested in. I'll give you, for instance, USC, if they end up going a different way after this year. I just don't see Matt Campbell as an L.A. guy. I just don't see him going to L.A. to coach USC, but, but we'll see. Hutton, if we may, can I end, since we had primary complaint earlier, on a positive note? Sure. So PK complained about parking in downtown and a specific company that we park with here at 6th and Peabody. I want to give the reversal of the primary complaint because I got an email during the last segment about a parking ticket that I disputed. And you will be shocked to know that my dispute was accepted by this company. This is an amazing thing when reason prevails. I emailed this company exactly what happened. I had a legitimate reason that I thought that my payment went through. It did not. (laughs) I got a parking ticket. So what I did when I looked in my app, I just said, you know what? I'll pay for 24 hours. So I cut the parking ticket in half, but still paid more than I normally would have to settle up for the 24 hours. They still sent me the parking ticket. I complained about it. And then I got this email. Thank you for submitting your violation dispute. Your dispute was accepted. Yes, it was. And then I get a a direct message. Hey, Chad, I was able to locate and verify your payment via Metropolis, and we'll waive this for you today. Thank you, Courtney. No, Courtney. Thank you. You've done a great job today. We love you here at Outkick 360. We head to the Tennessee Power. By the way, that never happens with Chad. He was pulled over. We had a radio tour earlier this year. And he was pulled over, and I said, oh, he's going to let you off. And he goes, Hutton, I'm never let off the hook for a speeding ticket. You know how girls, pretty girls, will cry to get out of a speeding ticket? That's always the go-to. I could be bleeding from my eyeballs telling them that I have to get to the doctor (laughs) because I have a communicable disease that they could catch by simply talking to me through a roll-down window. And I would still have to wait 15 minutes while they went to their car and wrote a ticket for me. 
That is how I have never gotten out of any ticket, ever. I will always get one. Told Hunt the moment I was pulled over. Yeah, no, we're well, not getting out of it. Well, we're screwed. You watch, yep. We're getting the full ticket. Not, not even half of it. We're getting the full ticket. And before you said anything, you were just pulling out your wallet. They, they look at the name Chad. Chad on my, my driver list said, this is a Chad. Whatever, whatever he's accused of here today, he did. This is a Chad. He deserves everything that's coming to whatever him. Whatever we've accused him of doing today, he's done. And yeah. he's done more of that than we've this ever done. This is a done. Chad. This counts as two. <laughs> this counts as two tickets issued on the quota that I have to meet today. Yes. Because it's a Chad that was pulled over. <laughs> Jackpot. Every single time. So what, what was her name? Courtney? Courtney. So thank you, Courtney, for making Chad's day. Coming up, the Tennessee Power Hour. We talk Tennessee volunteer football to begin as they kick off the season tomorrow night at Neyland Stadium against Bowling Green. We'll tell you how much Bowling Green's getting paid to go to Neyland and lose. Plus, Dan Helley will join us at 420 Central Time, 520 Eastern. <laughs> Lance is excited about the guest appearance at 420 with Dan Helley. That's straight ahead on Outkick 360. Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to Outkick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day. And give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.